Hey everyone, this is Patrick with Purity for Life. You're about to listen to the full version of the roundtable discussion from part two of our Babylon series entitled Babylon, When Satan Rules the Hearts of Men. In this session, Pure Life staff Jordan, Brooks, and Trey sit down to discuss how the spiral of degradation played out in their own lives and how the Lord brought them out of it. If you aren't quite sure what the spiral of degradation is, then I'd encourage you to check out episode number 493 first, which explains it in great detail, and then come back and listen to this discussion. Uh, Yeah, I wanted to start off this kind of discussion or just kind of this conversation by reflecting on, I know we all watched Pastor Steve's video. For me, a couple words stand out when he talked about corruption and being corrupt and and just the complete evil that was present before the flood and just kind of thinking about where we are today mm. in today's world and we're headed in that direction very very quickly with um, the sexuality issues that definitely uh, violence increasing not just wars between countries but just people killing each other mm-hmm. um and it's just wow we are we're right on the precipice of where we were right before the flood. Yeah. And, but we know that the Lord's not going to use a flood again. He promised that. So it's going to be, praise the Lord, His coming, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, He's coming. He's going to yeah. come again. Yeah. And so we have something to look forward to. I think the other thing that um, stood out to me um, was, okay, how are we getting there? How are we getting back to that corrupt corruption? Mm-hmm. And it is what Brother Ken talked about in his segment about the spiral degradation. Yeah. So I think that's what we want to focus on today mm-hmm. is just kind of talking about our personal testimonies about the different aspects, the different kind of steps down into that spiral of degradation because we've all experienced it. Um, mm-hmm. And so uh, let's kind of discuss that and maybe share some personal testimonies as we go through each step. So the first aspect is, is that... Um, well, I'm going to look over here, sorry, um, about losing that reverential and worshipful spirit. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, well, going back to like what you were talking about at the beginning with the flood and then today's world, I think it's easy to kind of disconnect the two, thinking, well, that was back then. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. But if you really like look at our world, you start seeing like, oh, we're pretty much in the same spirit, same mindset. And then, like, making it personal, you know, you look at this first point, like, losing a reverential, worshipful spirit. You Obviously, the people in the flood didn't have that mindset. And then you start looking, you know, you break it down to our personal lives. You're like, oh, yeah, like, that's, that's, where, I, that's where I was. That's yeah. where I could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I think for me, what, where I saw this start to go away was when I started to think my way of life was better than what God was choosing for me. Hmm. And I kind of saw this play out because— when I first came to the Lord, I think I had a, a genuine walk with the Lord. I was taking everything to Him by prayer. My heart towards sin was like was changing. I was having a heart for people. I was seeing pride in my life. Like I was seeing some heart issues, and the Lord was doing something. But specifically, I saw it when there was this girl I was interested in, and I was praying about it. And I remember the Lord just made it really clear that He didn't want me to date her, and I was kind of tired of hearing no's in this area. So I thought, you know, maybe the Lord doesn't know better than I do. And 
I made the decision, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to date her anyway. And we didn't get into like blatant sin. But at that point, I guess I stopped viewing God as how he really is, like adoring him and being grateful for him. And I thought like I knew better. So I almost like lifted myself above the Lord. And so it was just, it was a matter of time where that grateful heart, that reverential heart just started to like drift away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's like you take your eyes off the Lord. You know, it's just yeah. like when your eyes are fixed on Jesus, and we'd say this all the time in the ministry or in services and stuff, it's like when our eyes are fixed on Jesus, it's like you see him for who he is and you mm-hmm. can't help. Yeah. And then you see who you are yeah. and you can't help but praise him, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. You can't help but give him glory. But then when you take your eyes off of him and then naturally it just goes to who? It goes to us yeah. and glorifying us. And then our flesh just stinking rises up. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we kind of get out. Yep. Yeah. It could happen very quickly. Yeah. We yeah. get out of our, our rightful place. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's funny because the description of the time before the flood, I mean, Satan was obviously working, but this spiral of degradation just is very natural for all of us, and he can find that way in pretty easily. Like what you guys were saying about starting off on a good trajectory, same thing. Like there were some good years, everything seemed like it was going okay, but then somehow, you know, it's so easy to turn off of that path. I mm-hmm. I think for me, it was a kind of a combination of things, just like, I mean, idolatry, obviously, mm-hmm. in different areas, finding things that, you know, like what you were saying with dating, for me, just just selfishness, just focusing on doing what I wanted to do. Um, everybody's personality is different. I tend to be more of a perfectionist. You know, I was really into music, things that were very disciplined, which was good, but it also, you know, it fed into some of that selfishness. It's like all my time, like I wasn't playing sports. I wasn't with a group. Mm-hmm. I was off by myself doing, you know, practicing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then as well, just that mindset was getting me away from the Lord because it was about achievement. It was about like, mm. I've got to be the best. Oh, wow. And it's like, that's not who God is necessarily. For me, it was easy to start feeling the desire to have to be better and better and better. Mm. And I just wasn't seeing the Lord's grace, I don't think. So it was easy for me with the worship to forget about that because I was constantly having to improve. I was constantly... Mm. So I wasn't focused on Him or His goodness. I was focused on myself and what I had to do. Wow. And whatever love I had for the Lord kind of shriveled up. Wow, that's it's crazy. Like Even something as good as like participating in music and performing in that way how we just blow them out of proportion and now our eyes aren't really worshiping the Lord, we're worshiping something else or somebody else. Yeah, I mean, Exodus 20, verse 3 says, Thou shalt not have any other gods before Mm. me, right, before Mm -hmm. the Lord. And that's what happens. We take our eyes again off of the Lord and onto, like you you said, all these things that potentially are good, but Satan will use it to get our eyes, keep our eyes off of him Mm-hmm. Right, and then onto these idols, whether it's sports, whether it's music, whatever yeah. it happens to be, relationships. Mm-hmm. The other thing, right? Romans one twenty five says we worship creation rather than the Creator. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like yeah. okay, we were meant to be worship the Creator, but then we start worshiping things in creation, right? And so it is just biblically, yeah. It's like, duh, it's going to happen if we take our eyes off of Jesus and worshiping him, we're just going to naturally worship 
something else. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Well, that's good. How about the second point, um, maybe sharing a personal testimony about that darkening heart, mm-hmm. that next level down? you have any yeah. thought? Yeah, do you? Yeah, yeah. So I see this whole spiral degradation play through when I was in Bible school. So before I got into Bible school is when I got into this relationship with this girl and I got back in the throne of my heart. After that, again, like you were talking about, was in ministry, doing well, but I was on the throne now, so it all became about me. And there wasn't sexual sin even in my life right at that moment, but slowly started creeping back in. And I started to see it happening when I was in Bible school. Yeah, there was this, another again, another relationship. The first one ended, and I, there's another relationship that I was interested in. And we weren't supposed to date and whatnot, but I wanted what I wanted. And I wasn't worshiping the Lord. I was worshiping myself at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... Um, yeah, it just it started off with, okay, I'm going to just start texting this person. Okay, well, now I'm going to let, you know, thoughts of fantasy and lust kind of entertain. Well, now I'm going to start hanging out with this person, all hiding it, you know, behind this behind the backs of my pastors and other people, and then it just kind of grew into, you know, more sin, more sin, and I started seeing like I'm crossing lines that, you know, a, a few years before I would have been like, "Oh, I'll never go that far." started acting out more, less conviction, you know, less thoughts of even (laughs) coming to the light about it. Yeah. And just seeing like, it was kind of getting crazy. I started even like, I could tell that there was a darkness coming within my heart, especially after giving into pornography. I don't know if you guys experienced that, but I thought it was like so tangible that other people could tell. I started getting paranoid Mm -hmm. and yeah, it was like, that was when I started to realize, okay, something on the inside's not right. Do you guys have a similar experience? Well, kind of what you were saying with just the choice that you made initially, uh, I guess a couple times, to date people, and you knew that for you that was a line you were crossing deliberately of saying, no, this is what I want. Yeah. Um, it's funny how those choices can be so profound and can really you know, cement things in mm-hmm. that direction. I remember the first time I really went back into pornography. I'd seen it a lot younger, like even mm-hmm. like preteen years uh, and got exposed, and so then I was like too afraid to go back to it. But I remember when I like chose to first go back to it, that that really took something to the next level. Like I was already in a selfish flow of life, and I think that was the other thing that kind of that only exponentially increased was just the selfish lifestyle of you know that verse that says every imagination was only evil continually. Mm, yeah. For me, it became almost every action I took was only selfish, like, oh, it, you yeah. know, not including other people, not thinking of others, just only just going through every day, what do I want to do? Like, and so that, for me, when you talk about the darkness that came, that is darkness, just to get to the place where looking back now, I can see, like, my life was totally selfish, and this was even before it got really, like, bad in yeah. the sense of all the outward sin, but, like, the foundation was definitely already there. Wow. Yeah. Do you guys feel like like you knew that you were being selfish, though? You know what I'm saying? Like, we can, in retrospect, go, wow, I was really selfish. But in <laughs> yeah. the moment, yeah. do you say, oh, I'm being, like, this is all for me. You know, I'm being totally, we think we were right. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we were in delusion or believing the lies of the enemy and acting on those lies. Yeah. But it was like, I didn't think I was being selfish. Yeah. You know, I was just doing life and yeah. you know i was thought what i was doing 
was, you know, was pleasing to me, so I was going to do it. Yeah. I was ungrateful mm-hmm. uh, for what the Lord had done for me. I'd been out of church for 20 years and came back and then was back in church and then came on staff and work got started getting really stressful. And when it started getting really stressful, then um, that ingratitude turns to judgment mm-hmm. and criticism towards my pastor. Mm. Yeah. And in all in this whole time frame of coming back to the Lord, I was in Christian counseling, integrated mm. counseling, and um, he was a Christian. He professed to be a Christian, but the counseling was actually not faith-based at all. Mm. It wasn't biblically based. So my heart's getting darker, right? This increase in judgment and criticism. Yeah. Then couple that with this counseling who said I was a victim, um, you know, molestation, you know, absent parents, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So when I got to the point where I was kind of on the edge of like, okay, which way am I going to go? Like, am I going to turn back to the Lord or yeah. go deeper into the darkness of my heart? You know, I felt justified. Yeah. 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 So, you know, you could go out and sin and you're still the victim. And I'm like, wow, cool. You know, it was kind of <laughs> like, no, I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, not outwardly, but right. somewhere in my heart, it was like, okay, I could go out and sin, mm-hmm. you know, and have a carte blanche. I could do whatever I want. Right. right. But it's just like that selfishness, yeah. that desire to please self, not even thinking about, okay, yeah, that ruins my testimony. Mm-hmm. And it's how can I preach or be involved in church at all or lead mm-hmm. anything? I mean, no thought of that. It was yeah. just like my heart was blackening like every day, yeah. you know? And it, and at first, well, we'll talk about that um, next, but I guess we could go right into the suppression of truth, mm-hmm. right? Do you have anything else on the darkening heart? Yeah. Well, it's it's kind of interesting because I know the darkening heart and kind of suppressing the truth, it kind of seems like they overlap a yeah. little bit. Oh. But like you were saying, you know, the spirit of the world is kind of telling, like justifying you in your sin. So when you're already not worshiping the Lord, the next thing you go to is just what the world's talking yeah. about. And I saw that for myself, you know, as I mentioned earlier, when I first came to the Lord, I was seeing heart issues, was seeing pride, was seeing selfishness. But as I kind of kept crossing lines, that sight of my need, that sight of my heart Mm -hmm. started to grow dim and more dim. So much so by the time I got to the program, like I I couldn't even see pride in my life. Hmm. Like I was literally blind to it. You were very proud. You were very proud. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you can remember? (laughs) Yeah, I remember that. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) But... um, I, I get what you're saying and just feeling like you're justified. You're, the world's kind of just justifying, you know, it's tough. Go do you, you know, and you're living your own life, live your best life now kind of mentality. Right, right. And so when you're stressed, it's like, what do you do? Oh, yeah, go feed your flesh. Yeah. yeah. And we wouldn't maybe call it like, oh, I'm feeding my flesh, but it's just I'm doing something like you were saying, Brooks, like being selfish. I'm just thinking about how this affects me. And you're thinking, yeah, that's fine, but it's like, Where's the Lord and all that, you know? Yeah. That's how it was that's how it kind of played out of my life. Oh yeah. Yeah, and it goes back to kind of what Pastor Steve was talking about, right? It's just like, man, corruption. Mm. Right? Our hearts were being corrupted. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, you know, further down you get, it's that you know, it's just evil. Like you were you the one that said evil, continually evil all the time? Yeah. Is, that's where we're headed, right? Mm-hmm. And so like that suppression of truth for me, yeah. I remember driving around 
um, looking for, because that's what I would do. I would drive around, I would cruise mm. um, certain areas, and there would be adult bookstores, and I'd go in and out of those and whatever. But I remember the the truth of the Holy Spirit convicting me, and I would be shaking. Yeah. yeah. Literally shaking. <laughs> My hands would be on the wheel, and I'd be shaking. Same. And, and wow. I'd be going... And I knew it was the Holy Spirit. I would even say, I know it's you, Holy Spirit. I know that this is wrong. Uh, you know, wow. several times. I mean, not just once, but I mean, mm-hmm. multiple times. You know, the Holy Spirit's trying to convict me, get out of here. You know, this is wrong. Uh, repent or whatever. But I wanted what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I suppressed it. And I would literally, I would hold on to the steering wheel really tight. Yeah. And I go, I want this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would actually say that. Yeah. I want this. Or, and I've said this before, I would pray to Satan. Just that's where my mind got. It was so dark, so black that even when the truth came in, I suppressed it and I wouldn't allow the Holy Spirit's conviction to come in. And here's what happened afterwards is, you know, after there, there came points where the accuser of the brethren comes in, Mm -hmm. right? So he leads you, you know, he lies to you and say, this is going to be the best ever. And then you, afterwards you feel totally empty and dissatisfied. And then he goes, see you loser. You're mm-hmm. you're never going to be worth anything. This is a you might as well just kill yourself. And that's mm. certainly he he's told me that lie yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, that's to the goal. point where I was like, you know, definitely contemplating how to do it. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we do violence to ourselves, you know, in those kinds of things. And I mean, the Lord's so merciful, but like some of that stuff like stays with you. The effects of that just. Yeah searing your conscience so much yeah you know yeah well i I know (laughs) when i started looking back i was just seeing how many times the holy spirit was giving me opportunities to turn before i crossed another line into sin i remember miraculously somehow some sin getting exposed and my pastor confronting me on it and again suppressing the truth he asked me point blank and i lied to him Mm. and then right after that was when i started acting out with somebody else and i remember staff meetings and you know the pastor saying i know there's somebody that's struggling with sexual sin you need to like come to the light about it and i knew like that's me and what i would do was i didn't want to blatantly reject the truth but what i would do is i would just wait and not respond and just if i just wait long enough this conviction will pass away and then i'll just keep going doing what i wanted to do and that happened so many times, so many Kairos moments where I had one, like what you were saying, I was driving and the Spirit was finally convicted. Well, He was already convicted me. I finally was open to it. And I knew, okay, I'm going to confess my sin this afternoon. Like I'm going br- to bring it all to the light. And I was shaking. But then I'm driving home and actually, you know, going to have to confess. And I'm like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And I would just wait. And that was more suppression of the truth than I was a ministry, some justifying, um, just more of that suppressing. I don't know, Brooks, did you, what was well, your experience like? It, I mean, really just avoiding God, like you mm, said, mm. and doing it in an atmosphere of that we all were in, which was the church, you know. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, I, even going to a Christian college, I was still getting deeper at that point. But I think the thing is it escalates. Yeah. You know? And for me, that's yeah. where eventually, unless you're going to go insane, you have to like, it has to be, you have to step it up. Yeah. Now yeah. it's like, okay, I'm not just going to sin and try to like not think about it. I'm going to justify 
that it this is a, I can live this way. And then it's like, well, do I even really want to be a Christian? Or if I do, is there a way that I, you know, for me, homosexuality, that was right around the time it was about to be uh, coming to the Supreme Court, you know, nationwide. So a lot of Christians, you know, I think that were weak, were starting to turn and say, okay, yeah, this is acceptable. Writing books, you know, doing YouTube videos about how this is okay for you to live this way. So, and that's, it had to go there eventually for me if I was going to feel, you know, good about what I was doing. So that was almost like the next point, which is talking about being given over to the lust of your heart, right? I mean, it basically, it just took you there, Yeah. right? I mean, you can you share a little bit about what happened to you at that point? Well, I, you know, I, I there's a quote in one of Pastor Steve's books about, you know, he won the worst of all victories, the victory over his own conscience, you know, yeah. and it's like that's what happened totally, yeah. was able to do it and not feel anything about right. it. And so... For like a couple of years, it was like in my warped world, it was like I was in heaven, you know, because I was just yeah. could do it without. But it was the, totally the Lord protecting me because, you know, I mean, I could easily have been murdered. I could have been, you know, something I ended up doing. I could have gotten arrested, mm-hmm. you know. But why was he allowing me to do that? I don't fully understand, but there was definitely no conscience there for like two years. Didn't you end up in a relationship as well? Yep. Yeah, I met, I mean, there have been a couple short-lived things, and I guess in the gay community, a lot of these relationships yeah. are not, right. you know, it's like, wow, I was with them for six months. You right. know, wow, that was a long time. Right. But it did get pretty deep, like, beyond just the sin, like, thinking about a future, thinking about, and and yeah, that was where I kind of had to take a hard look at where I was going. But yeah, that was what I wanted. I wanted to justify it. I mm-hmm. wanted to see that I could do this and not just get what I wanted, but also feel like, I'm living a life I can be proud of living, you know, and that's having to fight against every merciful thing that God ever did in my life to try to put the truth in there, you know, just trying to throw it all away as quick as I could. Yeah. Being on staff at my church, my sin got exposed. Uh, People that I had been working with in the church this whole time I was back to help me come out of the homosexual lifestyle, prayed with me, uh, discipled me, this couple— the wife, who is a kind of a relative, came up to me and she goes, you know, you seem off. And she goes, you're back in your sin, aren't you? And I'm like, and I'm like, yes. And she goes, well, how long have you been? And I lied. I said only a couple months. It had been a year and a half at that point. And she goes, well, if you don't say something to the pastor, I'm going to tell the pastor. Wow. And so I confessed to the pastor. Pastor took two or three weeks to pray over it and then brought me in the office and said, we're releasing you. And so um, so basically at that point, talking about this fourth point, being completely given over, my sin didn't get better. I wasn't repentant. Mm-hmm. I got worse. Yeah. I mean, this this couple these and another couple came alongside of me to help me be restored to the church because I was on church discipline. But instead of getting better, I completely gave myself over mm-hmm. to sin. I mean, I was like, okay, I don't even have to have the, the double life. I don't have to pretend that I'm a Christian and I could just have my sin. And so that's what I did. I just... Yeah. I just for, let's see, I didn't come in the program to the end of July. So from May, I was May, June, July, 
all the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I would be lying to the two couples mm -hmm. and they got so frustrated. They were like, okay, you need to go somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I ended up at pure life. But I mean, I was just dark. I mean, I was completely given over. I was completely, you know, all the time, anytime, whenever I could, it didn't matter in mm. the house, out of the house, wherever. It's insanity, right? Insa I was going insane. Yeah. Wow. And that's when, when I got to the darkest point as far as suicide, I was like sitting on my couch and I was going, okay, I'm, how's this going to happen? Cause I'm so tired of this, but I don't see any other way out except killing myself. Wow. And yeah. that's exactly where Satan wanted me. Yeah. yeah. So you were, you were giving over to sin and like life wasn't actually getting better for you. No. I mean, was it for you? <laughs> no. <laughs> was it for you? No. No, I, yeah. I felt bad when I said earlier, you know, it was I was in heaven. Like in my warped mind yeah. I was, but the mm -hmm. reality was it was it was hell. Yeah. I mean, it was because like, you know, I had been reduced to like an animal. Yeah. Like you said, just yeah. no inhibitions. It's almost worse when you come out of being a a Christian, yeah. professed Christian, yeah. like I was scaring the the lost people that I was around. They're like, you you are crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah. what are you like? Yeah. The risks I was taking, yeah. you know, it was just just moving from one thing to the next. There was yeah. no satisfaction yeah. in it. Yeah, you know, were you losing conviction too? Like, you felt like the convictions at that time were starting to. Mm, good question. <sighs> you know, like it's like a person who's sentenced to prison. And so, like, I knew the end was coming, mm. you know, like, you can kind of see the writing on the wall, like, this can't last forever. Yeah. So you're getting in as much as you can. It's <laughs> yeah. like, I'm going to feed my flesh, you know, and it wasn't just sexual sin, it was the world, yeah. right? So it was, the world is, the spirit of the world now is so corrupt and mm -hmm. full of evil, mm -hmm. that it was just easy to yeah. give into that spirit. So wow. online, watching, binge watching TV shows, you know, blogging, whatever, anything that was of the world, I would, I gave myself over completely at that point. Yeah. Just anything I wanted, I had, I, I would go after because I wasn't working anymore. Yeah. So what was I doing? I was kind of hanging out. Yeah. Right. So wow. Yeah. How I about a, you? Yeah, I had a similar testimony. I mean, I was in ministry, and I kind of also relate to you, Brooks. Like the convictions were starting to become less and less, and it actually started seeing like I was getting what I wanted, but I'm not realizing that God's not only like his hands kind of being removed, but I'm also like pushing his hand away because I'm wanting what I want. And finally, my sin got exposed and the pastor, you know, offered to me to come to Pure Life. So I had a month and probably like nine days until I was going to come to Pure Life. That was it. But I, in that month and a week, I went further into my sin than even all the the few months uh, leading up to that point, mm -hmm. I started watching movies I would have never set, I would have never watched because they're not the Christian movies to watch or things that you can talk about. And then even the pornography started getting darker and darker. Things that I would used to be grossed out with, I was like interested in. And yeah, I mean, up until the day before I arrived at Pure Life, well, the morning that I arrived um, was in pornography. It was miserable. I was miserable. Like I was thinking the same way, like, I mean, I never actually started planning out suicide, but I'm like, if this is how my life's going to be, I mean, I'm kind of getting what I want and I'm, it's dead. Even the people I was around, the relationship I was in, they were miserable too. Yeah. So it was just like, yeah, like you said, Satan was trying to bring death. 
Like I see it clearly. Like he was trying to get me to that point where I would have been so hopeless that I'm going to kill myself. And especially the scary thing is like being in the church, you think, well, I've, I've tried the church thing. So if this isn't going to work, right. then what what is? Right. And either I'm going to go headlong into my sin, which we're kind of already doing that. So I knew that really wasn't a great option. So it was just hopeless. And death almost started to seem in a twisted way as hope, but it wasn't at all. It was like the enemy was just trying to bring destruction and corruption in my life and have me bring that into other people as well. It's crazy. Yeah. We were crazy. At least it's <laughs> over. You know, that yeah. was that was my thought. Like, okay, at least this is going to, I remember thinking that at least this is going to be over. Hmm. Like, or like for me, it was dealing with same sex attraction. I like, okay, I hope I get AIDS, you know, so at least, uh, you know, I'll die and, hmm. you know, yeah. it'll be over. Yeah. You know, just be over. I won't have to like deal with all of this, you know, what Satan's, you know, just the, all the accusatory thoughts and stuff yeah. like that. Those voices in your head that you just want to stop and go away. Yeah. But and it's crazy in, in his mercy, his intervention, like not letting us go as far as we wanted to, yeah. even then. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, well, that is something I I can see looking back, and probably all of us, maybe that's some of the Lord's mercy is to let us look back and see all of that, but then to see his hand, mm-hmm. like you said. It's like, okay, we felt like we were in total control and just going as deep as we could. But really, like, I mean, for me, the relationships I was in, even though it was the end of what I had been hoping for, it was very unsatisfying. Like it was, it totally showed me the emptiness of the fantasy that I'd always had. And so he let us go just far enough to like get into the pigsty and realize, okay, this is not what I want. Yeah. I think that's the problem with most people today. Like people that aren't believers, like they go down these same roads of fame and fortune and money and success. And they have that same, same, thought, you know, it's not fulfilling. It doesn't do what they want or multiple partners or whatever, the homosexual lifestyle or now transgender or whatever these other lifestyles are. And they, they're thinking, okay, this is going to satisfy me somehow. Mm-hmm. And, and it leaves them empty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so what's the choice? It's just like, well, that's why suicide is so high now is because these lifestyles that are being presented to them quote-unquote, offer them something, and they offer nothing, yeah. and they're empty, and so Satan will go, well, why don't you just kill yourself? And unlike us, I don't know why us, but something in us said, stopped us, and it was his, his mercy. Yeah. So, you know, we could be praying for those people who are in the same situations as us, that they won't, you know, that they'll find somewhere like Pure Life or, you know, another ministry that might lead them back to the Lord if it's right. not sexual sin. Um, how about, um, let's talk about, you know, let's end this discussion on talking about um, how we came out of that spiral. And, um, you know, obviously we don't have to go step by step, but mm-hmm. maybe include some of those steps in your in what you're sharing. Yeah. But let's share a little bit about uh, mm-hmm. how we came out of that or what the Lord did. One of the things, like you were kind of mentioning, Brooks, like us going deeper than we had originally anticipated, mm-hmm. that actually started to open my eyes of, okay, I need something, I need help. That was one thing that really opened my heart to come to Pure Life was I was seeing, now that the restraints were off, how far I was going. Mm-hmm. And so it, in the Lord's mercy, really, just giving me a sense of reality of, I'm not in a good place, 
and confessing that real that that was truth. I was actually starting to come into truth in my heart of like I'm not in a good place. I'm not walking with the Lord. I mean, it doesn't feel like I am. <laughs> and that truth started to bring life, started to bring hope. And it's kind of like Psalm 107 talks about like all the times they went into their distress and it was like in their distress, like the Lord allows us to be miserable in our sin so that we'll cry out to him. And I'm thankful, like even in those times when I was miserable, there was an like a smoking flax where I was like, Lord, help me, get me out of this. I'm miserable. And I didn't realize it, but him exposing my sin and bringing me to pure life was actually him answering my prayer. Mm-hmm. It was like amazing. Yeah. And I was getting amped up about this earlier, like thinking about it this week, was like how the Lord set you free, <laughs> set Brooks free, set me free. And we were like the worst of the worst. Like, yeah. I mean, I think of that when I talk to guys on the phone, I'm like, look, if you're desperate and hungry, like the Lord will meet you because I was like bad and he he's done a work in my life. I'm like, if he can, if he did that for me and I wasn't like some kind of anomaly, like we weren't, we were the losers of the group, like, and God still like, it was him. Okay. Maybe I shouldn't call you a loser, Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, who are you calling a loser? Yeah. You're the loser, Trey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think the Lord just, the distress and the misery was actually part of God leading me out of what I was in. Yeah, and I think part of that, like going back to that specific instance where I was contemplating suicide, there was a cry in my heart, hmm. and God answered that cry because I said, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Like, and I don't know if I cried out to the Lord, but I just, I was tired, and God took that and said, okay, I'm going to do something hmm. with that. Because I was like, I can't do this anymore. Some, uh, something's got to change yeah. and because I can't. This is just miserable. I'm just miserable. It's not satisfying. It's uh, ruining relationships. It's kicked me out of church. You know, it was just there was a, at that moment, it was like I didn't commit suicide. And I knew, OK, if I don't do that, something has to mm-hmm. change. Yeah. But I guess, you know, I want to zoom all the way out to the praise and reverential worship of the Lord and that spirit today in in our half day of prayer, mm. um, you know, the, Trey, the song knowing, knowing oh, yeah. you, and you know how that song always gets me. It's just, I'm weepy because I remember, I don't remember where, when, but I remember where in the chapel mm-hmm. uh, on campus that's pure life. I was sitting and when I sang that song and I, when it says, I love you, Lord. And I like, I started weeping then. And every time I hear that song, I weep because I remember it was like, I meant that with all my heart. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I knew that I had come out of the spiral of degradation, you know, like that. I like when we were talking about this and preparing even today, you know, God gave me that. It was like, remember like that song got played because he wanted me to remember that was the moment where you were out of the spiral wow. was when that song came on and you could actually, you know, with your, all of your heart say, you know, sing that and say, I love you, Lord. And I meant it. Yeah. You know, I really meant it. I don't think in my entire, up to that point, 48 years that I actually meant that and knew what, actually knew what that meant. Yeah. You know, so it's just like, man, you can go from where I was, you know, just in the, at that time, seven or eight months before with killing myself, hmm. ending it all saying this, that would be better to where I 
could praise the Lord and say, I love you, Lord, Amen. and yeah. mean it. Yeah. And have it like see God in a completely different way than I had even seen him before. Yeah. Even though I was quote unquote following the Lord. Yeah. yeah. So Yeah. I mean it's same same story. I isn't it amazing, you know, that the enemy is taking us down that long twisted pathway, but he somehow the Lord takes us all the way back. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I remember working at the warehouse where I worked during the program and just, you know, I don't know that I could remember the last time God really spoke to me, hmm. if if ever, quite the way that he did then, but like just pushing my cart around and then hearing him say to me, <laughs> yeah. you remember? Yeah, yeah, you the course. same job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, I literally, I mean, you know, heard inside my spirit him saying to me that, and I knew that he was my lover, and he wanted me to be his lover. Wow. And this coming from someone, like I said, who just was way past gone. Yeah. You know, that was, you know, that just came out of the blue. What mercy of God, you know, someone who had just flung myself in the arms of the world and Satan and didn't want to even get out, wanted, fantasized about what if I had never grown up at a Christian home so mm. that I could just do whatever I wanted. Like, yeah. that was where I was at. But his mercy to do that. And it, yeah, he used, you talk about how we came out of our sin. It was the very thing that I was trying to avoid. It was, you know, the conviction came back mm-hmm. and I had never really learned how to relate to God. You know, like I said, part of the problem at the very beginning was some of the like, perfectionism that I, and just these ways of trying to relate to God that were not real. Mm-hmm. He, began to show me that he did love me, that he yeah. does want to have a relationship with me, but it's not going to be that way. And and it, it had to start, though, with conviction, the very thing I had run from. I had to feel that, and that was what saved my life. You know, I'm wow. so thankful that, you know, as I was dating that guy, all of a sudden I just couldn't do it anymore, Yeah, you know? It is that, uh, you know, the coming out of that spiral is that, that suppression of the truth. It's like letting the, you know, we're not suppressing the truth yeah. anymore. Yeah. And so it's like... I remember a moment in the program, I can remember December, where it was like I saw who I was, right? And I was like, I didn't suppress the truth, and God showed me exactly who I was in my sin and who he was and just how merciful he was. You know, while we were yet sinners, while we were dead in our transgressions, that's when he died for us. And it's just like, man, I saw just the fullness of the ugliness of my sin and that's when Jesus died for me. And wow. that just ruined me, you know, Praise it just Lord. ruined me. And it just repentance, yeah. you know, just flowed out of me. And then what happens, right, is that your heart starts lightening up, right? Yeah. Light comes, is able to come in to your heart. And mm-hmm. it's just like there's freedom, mm-hmm. right? There's liberty, right? Yeah, Where the exactly. spirit is, there's liberty. And so there's that light comes in and the light is able to come in. And then obviously... You know, for me, that that moment in the chapel with that song. So, yeah. You know, how, yeah. About, how about you, Trey? Yeah. Well, kind of like what you said, going against that suppression of the truth. Yeah. When I came into the program, I actually remember you were testifying and you were talking about Jesus, just simply talking about Jesus, and I was seeing you and and Luke just talking about Jesus and how it was it was wrecking you, but you were passionate about him, and honestly, I just came to the truth and was like, I'm not there. And I remember I wanted to, and I, I remember at one point in my life, 
years, years, it was like seven or eight years before the program where I, I remember like being grateful for the cross, just thankful for his sacrifice. But then by that time in the program, I had no, like the cross meant nothing to me. Hmm. Like it was just another part of Christianity, but it had no significance. Mm, And I was like, oh, I need to, you know, I need to get this back. So I'm like, I'm going to read all the accounts of the cross and the gospels. And it was like dead, 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 dead. And I'm like, oh, like there's (laughs) something wrong. It's like, there's something wrong with me. And when I just, I started confessing that to the Lord. And I remember being on the prayer trail in the program and reading Romans 4, 17 about Abraham believing God who could bring the dead back to life, call things into existence, those things that are not. And I told the Lord, I was like, Lord, I know I've had a passion for you in the past, but it's dead. Hmm. But Lord, if you can restore this, like I won't, I'm not going to let go of it. Hmm. Like if you restore this, like I'm going to, I'm going to cherish it. And I remember just, it was another time in worship. It's like, it's kind of all goes back around. Yeah, yeah. But I was in worship and we're singing Jesus all for Jesus. Oh, yeah. And he says, <laughs> it's, it's only in your will that I am yeah, free. Yeah. And he says, all my ambitions, hopes, yeah, and plans, yeah. like, and laying it down. And I was like, yeah, Jesus, like, you're more beautiful than my ambitions of ministry. Yep. You're more beautiful than my, you know, love for a relationship, my idolatry. All these idols, these false lovers are not you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, just, it hit me. It was like, I want you. And if that means like laying down my life, losing all the things that I want and I have you, then that's what I want. And it was kind of like, I guess I didn't realize at that point the Lord was already taking me out of the spiral. Yeah. But I remember there was a time in the program near the end where we're singing another song worship and the Lord had me look back at my first week in the program. And in my first week of the program, everything reminded me of porn. I mean, the, the, the TV screen where the lyrics are on in chapel, like... I was seeing porn on that, just like projecting it there. You know, everything was like making me think about it. And then we were in worship and I'd gone the whole time, most of the time, and my my thoughts were on the Lord. There was purity. And I was like, wow, Lord, you're like actually restoring my mind and my heart. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for showing up today. We appreciate yeah. it. Thanks, Jordan. Hopefully this will help the students out there. Hey, yeah. students, hey, whoever's watching. Um, <laughs> have see like really like the truth of the spiral and what happens when we start going down that spiral and how deep it can get. Yeah. And then, you know, steps out and that yeah. there's hope. There's yes. hope for everyone. Thanks for listening. You can check out the rest of this episode by looking for episode number 493, Babylon, When Satan Rules the Hearts of Men, wherever you get your podcasts.